In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I'm without shame as I take the sermon for the Dormition of the Theotokos from St. John of Kronstadt. Um, he said it better than I would. And uh, I've only slightly changed it, and you'll see where that is. So he starts out, Let us be happy, beloved brothers and sisters, that we belong to the Holy Orthodox Church, worthily and rightly glorifying the most holy, sovereign Theotokos on this eminent day out of all days of the year with special solemnity. There exist on earth many societies and entire governments that do not consider the need nor the obligation to call upon the Holy Queen of Heaven and Earth, the Mother of our Divine Lord Jesus Christ, and other saints and angels to submissively serve her lovingly as the true Mother of God. That's like the biggest understatement ever. <laughs> there exist on earth many societies and entire governments that don't consider the need or obligation to call upon the Queen of Heaven. It's like there aren't any. Like it's just changed. Sadly in America, you can see where I changed his sermon. Sadly in America from our very beginnings, he said Russia. In America from our very beginnings we have so-called Christians who actively dishonor the Mother of God, the saints, the icons, their relics, their festivals. Oh, if only they also unanimously with us glorified the worthy Queen of Heaven and Earth. Today, the Holy Church solemnly glorifies the honorable Dormition and translation of the Mother of God from Earth to Heaven. A wonderful translation. She died without serious illness, peacefully. Her soul is taken up in the divine hands of her son and carried up into the heavenly abode, accompanied by the sweet singing of angels. And then her most pure body is transferred by the apostles to Gethsemane, where it is honorably buried. And on the third day, it is resurrected and taken up to heaven. You see this in the icon of the Dormition of the Theotokos. On it's represented the life-bearing body of the Theotokos lying on the bier, surrounded by the apostles and hierarchs, and in the center of the icon the Lord is holding in his hands the most pure soul of the Theotokos. The translation of the Mother of God is a paradigm of the translation in general of the souls of Christians to the other world. Before I go on, I just have to mention, which I may have mentioned before, about being in this church on a Sunday morning when we were in the Holy Land just a couple of months ago. And what's unique about this church, where the Mother of God was buried, is that this funeral bier, where they laid her out, is now the altar. And what's interesting about it is the altar is in the middle of the church. I may have mentioned this. It's like crazy to serve in a church when the altar is not where it's supposed to be, but rather they've just built a church around her tomb. And so the, the laity, the tomb is in a, its own like little room, just like a stone room that doesn't go all the way to the ceiling. And the church itself, if you saw the picture that went out in the email today, the church itself is down flights of stairs into the earth and uh, because it's a tomb. And her actual like fear where she was laid out is in a stone, I mean they did this after, but they made a little stone room for it. It's very small. To get in it, you have to duck so you don't hit your head. 
And there's room for like three priests in this thing to do the liturgy. And the liturgy's just on the tomb. Like on, the, not the tomb, but like the, the stone shelf they laid her on. Incredible. And then when liturgy's over, you take up the, the altar cloths and the things on the altar and they whisk them away. And then people can come in there and venerate the, the space where she had been laid out. And there's like a little side door. There's like a little front door and you kind of go in and you're, that's it. It's like, that's the whole room. It's just like this. And then you go out the side door. Incredible. An unusual place to serve. Um, we were very welcomed. I mentioned this too, that the priest asked Father Gabriel Bullock from Tucson and myself, what other languages can you liturgize in? And we're both English. <laughs> like, we are dumb. And uh, the, the Greek priest is like, kind of looked at us. It's like, all right, it'll be all right, you know. So it's very beautiful and very glorious, very sweet, beautiful, a highlight for me of our trip there to be serving there where she had been laid out. And before I go on, it's not a very long sermon, but before I go on, I'm making it longer. But uh, before I go on, she's not there. So we're celebrating her falling asleep, the Dormition. Her falling asleep, Dormition means falling asleep. He's going to talk about it. But also that she was translated, that the Lord didn't leave his mother's body to rot. It's like, that. I'm not going to have that happen. And he took her after three days. Furthermore, you remember the apostles were there for this. From all the ends of the earth, they were brought to Gethsemane to be there. Thomas was late. Just as he was not there when the Lord had resurrected, Thomas is late for this too. Which is interesting because the Spirit bore them to Gethsemane. They didn't like buy airplane tickets. The Spirit of God just took them there physically. You will be at the burial of my mother, you know? Thomas, somehow the Lord just let him linger. I don't know what, how. I, we'll have to ask when we get to heaven. I don't know. Thomas is late and he says, I want to venerate her body. And she wasn't there. And that's how we actually have, like, evidence of this. Okay. He goes on to say, when we say dead, our dead have fallen asleep or passed away, what does this mean? This means that for the true Christian, there is no death. Death was conquered by Christ on the cross, but there is translation. And he just says, a rearrangement of condition. His soul is in another place, in another age, in another world beyond the grave, eternal, without end. This is what is meant by falling asleep. It's as if it were a temporary dream after which by the voice of the Lord and the fearful yet wonderful trumpet of the archangel, all the dead shall live and come forth each to his place, either to the resurrection of life or the resurrection of condemnation, as it says in the Gospel of John. This is what the Christian means by translation. We should be ready for this translation for the day of the general resurrection and judgment for the indescribable world event that this will be recorded in the Holy Scriptures, this preparation for the meeting of the heavenly king before the dread judgment seat after death is essentially the person's preparation throughout the whole of his life. This is what we're doing. This preparation means a change in all his thoughts and the moral change of all his being so that the whole man may be pure and white as snow 
washing clean everything that defiles the body and spirit, so that he is adorned with every virtue, repentance, meekness, humility, gentleness, simplicity, chastity, mercifulness, abstention, spiritual contemplation, and a burning love for God and neighbor. Our preparation for meeting the heavenly king and for the inheritance of eternal life in heaven should consist of these things. The heavenly king desires souls adorned with immutable virtue, souls prepared so that the very Lord himself could abide in them. Do not marvel that the Lord wants to live in us. In fact, the human soul is more spacious than the heavens and the earth, for it exists in the image of God. And if one removes sin from the soul, the Lord of all will settle in it and will fill it with himself. We will come in him and make our dwelling with him. That's what it says in John's Gospel. And so, you participants in the Christian feast, and especially the present feast of the Dormition of the Mother of God, you who are brightly adorned with every virtue and translated to the heavenly kingdom, to her Son and God, proclaim to each and every one about preparing their souls to be the dwelling place of the Lord, about continual repentance, about the incorruptible adornment of Christian virtue. Let your death also be unashamed and peaceful, serving as a pledge of the good answer at the dread judgment seat of Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.